0: Um, do you think, I think it's, is it, I couldn't remember whose turn it was to run the episode. I think it's, is it mine? It's you. It's on you, Do you mind doing it? I'm going to run it. Because I, I went to the markets this morning. I went to Mullumbimby Farmers Markets because I didn't have any food in the fridge. And I found myself, I'm not, my mum's one of those people who talks to strangers about random things and, (laughs) but I was doing that this morning (laughs) and- I'd, I'd be like two minutes down the garden path, and I'd be like, "What the fuck am I talking about?" And these people don't care. So I'm scared if I take hold of the episode this week, we're gonna end up in a weird place. <laughs>
1: Girl, I will take the reins. Thanks. You don't need to ask me twice to run a fucking show. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I've been waiting my whole life.
0: Of the middle. I'm Jordana Levine. I'm Holly as a party. Hey, George. Hey, darling. How are you?
1: I am so good. How are you, my girl?
0: I am tired as all hell, to be honest.
1: <laughs> I feel like it's allowed after the week you have had. Talk to us, my girl. What's been going down?
0: Well, it's funny. I listened back to our energy reading that we did on Tuesday that aired on Wednesday. And I was like, I have never sounded so flat in my life. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> lucky Holly was prepping us up because, I mean, pepping us up because I sounded so flat. Um, it's, it's been funny because it's been such an exciting week. Um, I just have felt really drained and we were just talking about it then I've really kind of burnt myself out, which is so bad of me because I know better, but as Holly so eloquently just put it, sometimes you got to burn to learn. So, um, (laughs) so I'm about to do, I'm about to learn. Um, so I don't burn out in the future. But I have had the launch of my book. It was an incredible week of publicity, um, launching it twice, launching it for the public, and then launching it with family, friends, and media, which was just an incredible event. Mm-hmm. Um, but interwoven through all of that, my we were talking about self-care rituals in our weekly read, was it? Yes. Yeah. yes. And I kind of did a few self-care rituals this week. They're a little bit outside the box. After last week's episode talking about natal charts, I went and saw Jules Ferrari. Yes! And I know I recommended her to you, but I'd never actually seen her. Like, that recommendation was from friends. And so I had my chart done with her via Skype. So you guys, if you're not in Sydney, you can absolutely see Jules via Skype. Holy baloney. Is that what you say? Holy moly. It, It was so accurate. Like, I could not believe how much insight she had into who I was intrinsically as a person just by looking at my natal chart blew my fucking Mm -hmm. mind and also what's going on with transits at this particular moment in time as the book is birthing it was just mind-blowing Yes. Um, the other thing I did this week, and I won't go into detail because I think that it's something that you should keep quite private. But I went and had a psychic reading. Oh from my god, George. a very, very highly recommended woman in Sydney called. Um, oh my god, I'm having a mind blank. Rebecca, uh, I'm going to put it in the show notes.
1: Can you? Because I need to book in Yay, with her stat. So I'm due for a read.
0: Hang on, I actually want to get this. Was her
1: name Brooke or
0: something? No, Sammy her B. name's Rebecca, like Beck. But I'm just trying to think what her last name is. Oh, that's so bad. I'll figure it out and I'll put it in the Facebook group, guys. Yes. The Middle Podcast Facebook group. But that was so accurate as well and so insightful. But the funniest thing about it, and this happened to me all week, was no matter if I was at a launch for the book or I was (laughs) catching up with Sydney friends I hadn't seen all week, or I was sitting in the middle of a psychic reading, everything came back to the middle. It was so funny, but also so wonderful. So I'm at at my book launch with family and friends and media on (laughs) Wednesday night. And I cannot tell you how many people came up to me and said, uh, oh, my God, is Holly here? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, she is here. Can we You're meet like, her? At my book launch,
1: it's <laughs> my book launch, this is how did Holly make this about her too?
0: <laughs> no, no, not at all. It was so nice. And everybody, like even my closest friends, I don't know why, but you kind of expect your closest friends not to look at your work for some reason. I don't know why I, know. I think that, but I kind of do. I'm, I'm know, like, they're me. bored of me. Why would they want to listen to me on a podcast? Um, but they're all, they all just love it. And my brother and sister were like, is Holly here? Can we meet her? They were. Like, oh, you guys are so the embarrassing. Cutest. They were the cutest, no. weren't they? Oh, I know. Oh, my God. And then Everyone. also the psychic. Well, I won't tell you what she said, guys, because I think sometimes it's best not what to speak it out it. loud, but she did talk about us, and I think <laughs> – That was very exciting. So exciting! George rang me up.
1: She's like, "I need to speak to you," and I'm like, "Hold up, babes, just getting my head on." And then (laughs) now, (laughs) yeah. And I'm like, "Hang on a second, I came up in the reading. Excellent, tell me everything." (laughs) No, but it's so it's it's (laughs) really cool. Like, really, really. I guess just confirmation of everything that we've had in terms of the vision of this podcast and where it's headed. So yeah, so, so cool.
0: And then the one last exciting thing that happened to me this week was, and it was almost more exciting than the book, was what? I hit 10,000 on Instagram. Oh my God, Jules, I forgot all about that. Fuck. Yes, girl. Yeah. It was so exciting. And it's, And you know this whole, because you did a big campaign around it, it's not about the numbers, it's what it enables you to do as a business on Instagram, which is swipe up, and in Instagram stories, to be able to link straight through to the content you're talking about is invaluable.
1: That's the thing, again, we always come back to this when we talk social, like it's business for us too. And I'm so happy. Have you used the swipe up yet?
0: I haven't used it yet. I'm
1: like, it's so nerve wracking, isn't it? The first swipe up, you're like, it's a really good one. And also, in my mind, I'm like, do not overuse the swipe up, it is a privilege.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally totally but you know what I'm the so other excited. funny thing about when you hit, this is such a lame conversation but i'm going to have it anyway the other funny thing about when you hit 10,000 is it just says 10k so you lose all the numbers in between until you yes. get to 10.1 or 10.2 which is mm-hmm. so not a big deal and i don't watch numbers but it's just interesting cuz you don't know how far off the next milestone you are
1: i actually figured out a way where you can find out and i'm going to show you in person oh,
0: okay, <laughs> unless great. you don't want to know <laughs> No, I do. I yeah, do I'll want to know. You.
1: There's a little button you can press, but look, we'll do that in person because it's very hard to explain over a podcast.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. Sounds good. So tell me, how was your week? I mean, no. I saw I saw, I saw you a lot during this Did week, we? but I feel like that's <laughs> probably anyway. why this week has been amazing because I've had yeah. so much of you <laughs> in my world.
1: Um, it's been a really, really good week, George, and also off the back of not just our energy read, but also last week's episode especially what we were talking about in terms of moon and rising signs. I really sat with the way that you explained it, which was so well put, especially with the moon sign and what like lights our soul up and how we are on the inside. Mm. And I feel like I really haven't been honoring the Libran in many, and I'm often going, resorting to yep, yeah, Leo, and yep, yeah, Gemini. But when you think about moon sign, is like that's your inner flame, right? That, that's your That is your core, that's your little soul there. This week, I'm like, I'm going to play with Libran energy a little more. And so, George, when I jumped on Skype today, I've got, like, my hat on. I've got red lippy on. I have my big coat on. And I've, like, dressed
0: I, to impress. Can I Insta-story you while you're talking so people oh, yeah, can see you?
1: Yeah, let's, let's do that. So, I've rocked up to this podcast interview, absolutely dressed to impress. And I've got nowhere to go. I've got some meetings today. I'm doing the potty. And... The reason that i started to play with this energy of just dressing up for me and really enjoying it is it makes me feel good. So, why the hell not? I got my hair cut um, and I get my hair cut like once a year, but obviously, in shifting all of that old stagnant energy away. And I haven't, I love playing with makeup, I love it, but I only save it for special occasions. And this morning I woke up and I'm like, holes, life. Is the special occasion yeah and said there are days where uh, more days than there aren't where I'm totally barefaced, not wearing makeup and still feeling amazing but on this under the same breath it's like in those moments that I really want to play with the clothes that I'm wearing the makeup that I'm wearing the accessories I don't need a reason to do that other than it makes me feel good And that's where I've been. Like, I just felt really good. This whole week I've been back on the yoga train. I've booked, as I said, a a salt tank tomorrow, which I love. This self-care stuff, gosh, it's good, isn't it? I know we talk about it all the time, but then we do the forgetting to remember. And this week has been a week of just so much self-care for me because I have had people in my life going through some big things, both positive and not so positive. But I also know that in able, like for me to be able to hold them in that, I've got to be my best, most shiniest, most full self. So I've really made that my priority so that I can be there for more of the people that I love. So like everybody wins.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm winning just looking at you. I'll get. It. I'm sorry you have to look at me today. <laughs> um, you are at your skin it's actually
1: glowing, so I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Oh my However,
1: god! However, the other highlight of my week was obviously your launch. Oh my I was god, thank so, you so proud much. of you. Like just, just seeing it come to fruition from manuscript to where it is, and I yeah, it was blown away. It was so many beautiful people in the room. The energy was amazing. Mm. And Jods, that bloody, what do you even call it? I was going to say cheese plate, but it's not a cheese plate. It's like grazing platter to the next level, whole yeah. tables worth. Did you do that yourself?
0: Yeah, I did. I did that myself. And um, I guess <laughs> that's kind of what you got to do for your first book launch. I'm hoping by the second <laughs> I don't have to do the food and the food styling.
1: Oh, my God. I cannot believe it was just this most beautiful grazing platter. And I know they're a bit of a thing at the moment, like mm. they're a little bit of a trend, but how did you even like I couldn't even comprehend doing that myself? Is that like what the fuck? Well
0: <laughs> I was I was in you know, a former life. I was a food stylist. I was <laughs> all the things. Yeah, I my background's food publishing. So like I was all the things. I was the food writer, I was the recipe developer, and then I was the food stylist, and then you'd have to do all three when budget cuts came. And yeah, I used to do it for magazines and cookbooks. So that's kind of my jam. I do miss it. The best thing about a grazing table is that you don't actually have to cook anything. It's all about like assembly. Yes. Yeah. And it was really, it was quite beautiful, wasn't it? I was very impressed with myself, actually.
1: (laughs) I was blown away. Like even the fairy lights that you wove into the platters and the way that it lit up and the candles and oh my gosh,
0: girl. it was so beautiful. I had some help. I had I had my best friends helping me, but it, yeah, it was it was spectacular.
1: I feel that that's such an important conversation to have, George, around the work that we have done in the world to get us to where we are, and I feel like it's so pivotal right now for you. You are an author. You're officially a published fucking author. It's amazing. Oh no. It's huge. <laughs> but it's like, hang on a second. What were you before? Oh my god. Like,
0: Holly, what wasn't I? I actually wrote a list of all the things I've been. I don't even know if this is the complete list, but this is like a snapshot. So I I studied to be a journalist. So I was a journalist and I very swiftly fell into food journalism, which now seems very accurate. But at the time I was like, what am I doing? Why am I here? Um, So I was... Journal food writer. Then I slipped into marketing around food, so like a marketing assistant. Then I decided I was sick of being at the desk talking about food I wanted to cook it. So I became a recipe developer in the publishing industry. So like they'd have massive test kitchens at the magazines. What? And you, yeah, and you go in there and you develop the recipes. So I went and studied um, commercial cookery while I was still working full-time. Oh, my became God. Became recipe developer. Then I became recipe editor and then from there i kind of had a break from food and became like content editor for like digital publications and then i was like screw this i'm out of here and then i started working for myself i became a health coach and then i became a yoga and meditation teacher oh my god and then i was like well hang on i'm a trained chef and i love food but i also like healthy food and i also like yogis so i'm going to cater yoga retreats so I became a retreat caterer And then all while I was doing that, I was still teaching yoga and meditation and running lunar nights. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a book because I'm a journalist. So I went all the way back to the beginning and now it is an author.
1: It's amazing. I mean, first things first. So Gemini of you. I know. But (laughs) but Second, second, is that even a saying? It is now. Second thing second. I know we both get asked all the time what's my purpose in life? How do I find that one thing that is my job forever that lights me up and that, you know, brings me joy? And I guess in, in everything you've done to this point, in any of those moments, did it feel like, oh, right, I'm on purpose now? And then you pivoted away from that? Or what, what, is, what is your experience with this whole chat around finding your purpose?
0: So this is it. I honestly feel like, and it was only, I only started consciously doing it probably at the time I left publishing and fell into health coaching, which I didn't do for a long time. I feel like that was a lot of people's out at one point. <laughs> it, it
1: was, it yeah. actually was. <laughs> yeah, I was and definitely I, part of that yeah. wave.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but I do feel like whether it was subconscious or consciously, I every time I made a career move it made sense it wasn't that I didn't want to it's not like oh I'm bored now I've got to do something different it it felt like quite a natural progression each time and what it was was me staying in alignment so when something didn't feel right for me anymore I would shift and pivot to something that did Um, and what happened for me was that they all kind of related to each other so it was quite a smooth transition but I think what happens for a lot of people is they fall into fear and they get stuck because they're like I'm not skilled enough I'm not trained every up level I did throughout publishing was me being given an opportunity and not really being quite ready for it but taking the leap anyway yes you know and I was just like yeah you know what I'm not a recipe editor, but this um, maternity leave cover is up for grabs and they're willing to take a chance on me and I'm just going to step into it. So I did that a lot and I got very high up the corporate ladder in publishing just by believing in myself, honestly. Wow. And I think that that analogy can be used for everyone who's thinking about being in their job it not feeling in alignment and not knowing where to go from there because you can you can feel so um bound by uh your skill set and your experience
1: Oh, George, these, you are like, I just have butterflies in my stomach. I'm so glad we're having this conversation because I feel like it can be easy for people to ha- have a look at you and I and the work we're doing in the world and forget what we did prior. and. My experience yeah, was what, the same. Yeah, what did as,
0: you do? What yeah, was your so,
1: I mean, girl, we are such mirrors in a lot of ways, <laughs> minus the cooking. Uh, no, so I studied <laughs> <laughs> I studied writing, cultural studies, and journalism at uni. And it was, I wanted to be a journalist. Like, I'm talking print media. I'm talking NW or Clio or Cosmo. Like, I look back on at me 10 years ago. I'm like, wow, I can't believe that that was the path that I thought was for me. And so while working in retail and studying, I interned at Clio magazine for two years, which was amazing. I loved every bloody second of it. I really, truly did. Um, But while I was there, a job came up just randomly in corporate land. And it felt like I, I can't even explain to you why I went for it. But I was sick of working in retail. I think at that point it was seven years of serving clothing to customers and I just felt like oh, I'm I'm I want more out of my life than this I'd been working in that shopping center since I was 14 years old no, with well. my first job at Michelle's patisserie as a barista oh
0: my goodness and yeah. you say you're not good with food oh
1: girl <laughs> I can make a mean coffee which is ironic because I don't drink it oh. because I was drinking it at 14 so this is why anyway so this job came up my friend was in recruitment and it was as a copywriter for a marketing consultancy. Now at this point, I'd never studied marketing, didn't know anything about it. They um, specialized in strategic marketing. So business strategy, I had no idea what that even meant. And I kind of didn't even really know what a copywriter did. I just knew that it was writing and I was like, yeah, okay. But I stepped foot into this role and five years later, I had worked my way up the business to be almost like the right hand woman to the general manager of the company in the organization. And I'm the type of person, George, that I'm a hard worker, so whether I'm all in or not, I'm kind of all in, if that makes sense. It's like I will show up and I will do a good job. And at this point, the agency, it has developed into – Strategic marketing developed into publicly listed accounts. So, we're talking clients on the stock exchange where we were advising them around their business strategy, their marketing strategy, PR, writing you name it. Basically, the five years I was in in this role, I got an MBA. Like, without studying, I learned everything about running a business, building a business, strategics around business, marketing, PR, everything that I'm using in my business right now. Mm. But at the time, obviously I didn't know that and so three to four years into the role it was when I started to become really unwell and I also realized that this wasn't what I was going to do for the rest of my life but I felt so stuck exactly what you were talking about George where I'm like this is all I know I'm I'm not going to go back into print journalism because at that point I realized it wasn't actually for me anymore but I didn't know what I wanted and so I felt stuck and notice the difference is I felt stuck. I wasn't actually stuck, Mm. but I was telling myself I was because I didn't know what I wanted to do and it was all too hard. I was making good money. I was good at my job. I liked my team. I liked my clients. So what was the big deal? But then there was this little niggle of my soul underneath it all going, we're not happy here, Holes. Do something different, right? So at that point, I made a vision board (laughs) because – that's what you do. And I noticed this theme. I was just cutting words and images out of a magazine, D- didn't have any kind of vision in mind. I was just like whatever calls to be. And the theme was around well-being. I still got this vision board at home. I should bring it out. And I was like, okay, Obviously, I'm very intrigued by the wellness industry, health. At the time, it was kind of in that health coachy type realm with fitness and nutrition and those sorts of things. Um, My dad had just been diagnosed with cancer, so I was looking a lot into healing the body holistically. So that was something I was really interested in. And I decided, okay, this is what I'm interested in. I'm going to sign up and do a two-day wellness coaching course. What have I got to lose? Absolutely nothing. And if I enjoy that course, then I will leave my job. Now the way that the universe works, George, is it doesn't go according to your own plan. And so I had the coaching course. It was on the Saturday, the Monday before I was made redundant. Oh my (laughs) God. So the universe was going, Hull, you've got no other option than to make this work. and. The same day that I actually no longer had a job, but had this coaching course coming up, I had a girlfriend reach out to me randomly and say, we're looking for some casual retail assistance um, over Christmas if you're looking for some extra work. And I was like, if this isn't a sign, I don't know what is. So I put ego aside and went, yep, okay, while I have this degree, I've interned at a leading Australian publication at the time and five years of corporate under my belt. I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna work retail because it's what I know, it's what I'm good at, it's easy, I don't have to take the work home with me, it's quite mindless, I'm connecting with people. And then while I'm there, I'm gonna do everything I fucking can to make my business work. Mm -hmm. So I'm talking, I was writing blog posts and freelance articles behind the counter of a 9 a.m. till 9 p.m. shift in a tiny, tiny jewelry shop on my own all day. I was having panic attacks in the change room when customers weren't in and out of the store because I was alone all the time. (laughs) And if you ever needed to get food or go to the toilet, you had to close the store. It was just this big thing. Mm -hmm. And I trusted innately, George, that there was something more, but I had to do this work to get me there. And I feel like that's, it's almost like these bridges that people... Forget. We have the big conception of the ideas. I'm going to run a business or I'm going to pursue this passion. I'm going to find the thing that lights me up. And we almost discredit the work that it takes to get there. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I just at this point want to say, because this tripped me up for so long and I'm really vocal about it now, that yeah. you don't have to do or, or f- You don't have to find your passion and purpose and make it into what you do for work. And I yes. think it's so important that people realize that because if you're sitting in a job that you enjoy but you know it's not your passion and purpose and you think you need to get out of it because you need to be doing more, that is absolutely not the case. And your passion and purpose also doesn't have to be something that you do um, in a solo career or in your own business no. your passion and purpose could be supporting others it could be managing others um, it could be something completely outside of the restrictions of work and to yes. be honest with you like we're very lucky in that what we do for work happens to be our passion and our purpose but there are times where I wish it wasn't because yeah It feeds, well, it has to feed financial abundance into it and it puts a lot of pressure on one's passion and one's purpose. And um, I talk about it as like desperate energy. When you're Mm. in those ebbs of energy, which we talk about a lot on here, there's ebbs and there's flows. When you're in those ebbing moments, it can feel like um, you're relying so much on your passion and purpose to push you through to those moments of alignment and it's a lot of pressure.
1: Absolutely, I've had this conversation a lot over the years with clients of mine, George, where it's like, if what lights you up is yoga, that does not mean you need to go and do a yoga teacher training course. If what lights you up is cooking, cook beautiful meals for your family it doesn't mean it has don't to become, become a your caterer job.
0: trust me <laughs> it is the worst thing you can do for your own cooking passion
1: <laughs> right this is yeah. the thing a lot of the time we get into what it is we love and then we lose passion for it because mm. it becomes work so thank you for bringing that up because I do think it's important as you said we're, we're very lucky in a lot of ways that what we do is also what we love, and that said, it doesn't mean that you should stick in a job that you hate because you know you're passionate about something. You're not going to make it a career, but like what you were saying at the beginning, George, it's following those niggles, and and it is it's that intuitive knowing of wherever you're being led, it's leading you. And when people come to me with this passion purpose question, I I always say, and it's 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 a it's very liberative thing, the meaning of life is to be love and to show up in every day as the most loving version of yourself in however that is, in loving relationships, how you are relating to yourself, what love looks like for you. Now, notice how that has nothing to do with work or whether you run a business or not, or whether you are in corporate or work from home. It it actually is irrelevant. What is relevant and what matters most is what makes you the most loving version of you and following those niggles, right?
0: Absolutely, yes, 100%. And coming back to, and we talk about it a lot on here as well, your personal vibration, like what is making you feel most in alignment, what strengthens it and what weakens it. And a lot of the time you will find that perhaps it's a toxic work environment that's weakening it, or perhaps even though you're not, completely passionate about the work that you do perhaps it's what strengthens your own authenticity and makes you feel like a good loving honest person and that's completely fine
1: because that's in alignment the other thing I want to bring to the table is this question and we all do it it's one of the first things we ask someone when we meet them so what do you do oh what What's your job? Yeah. So we put this pressure on one another to come up with this amazing, oh, I do this <laughs> and I do that. And it's like, well, what
0: what do, you, what do you say, Holly, when people ask you that?
1: George, I, I don't know. I don't. I <laughs> honestly, any, I, I re, like, I just resent that question so much because I have no fucking idea what to say. Like, I can't answer it.
0: I know. I say I... I change my response depending on the person who's asking me so yes. I feel into it in the two second window you have before you blurt something out and I decide mm. what I'm gonna say and I hate that I hate I it know. Or, I know or, and usually what I'll do is I'll play it down because it's just yes. easier I'll go oh I'm a oh, I, I do content that's all I say I do content and they're like, yeah. what? What is that? I'm like, oh, you know, bit of this, bit of that. <laughs> I'm I
1: mean exactly the same. Or if you get me on a day where I just want to fuck shit up, I will honestly look at them deadpan. And it, I've done this to a shop assistant before and said, I'm a psychic. I tell people's futures. And I just like <laughs> deadpan it just because I'm like, oh, my gosh. And they, a lot of the time they're like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Tell me more. But, but I feel like a better question to ask is what lights you up? What brings you joy? Mm. What inspires you? Because it doesn't have to be the work you do in the world. If it is the work you do in the world, brilliant. Own it. And I'm saying that to you and I, George. I feel we we do need to own a little bit more that yeah, yeah we, we do love what we do and that's okay because we've worked, like like I said, like my retail job on top of being a bloody Jaeger girl at Munich Brewhouse <laughs> in the Rocks in Sydney on Friday and Saturday nights. While I was trying to get, what did
0: you say when I told you that joke? I said said, that's one step away from Hooters.
1: You did say that.
0: (laughs) Which you were well equipped for, might I add.
1: Why, thank you. I I agree.
0: Um, That
1: said, it's like, well, fuck. Like back then I was saying I work in retail, I work at a jewelry shop, I'm starting up my business. Now it's like, why aren't we saying, well, we're podcasters and authors and – You know, we inspire people and, you know, it's just this weird thing.
0: (laughs) And also, like, full disclosure, I have just written a book, which is going to be a bestseller, guys, I'm telling you. But I also have a bunch of freelance copywriting and content clients. So that means that I write for other people. I still do work for other people. I still have people paying me. It's not all generated through the work that I put out in the world. And I think it's really important that you guys know that because I think we look at social media and we think that, um, you know, people are creating all this success and all this abundance and money is coming in purely by living their passion and purpose. But I still, in order to pay my rent and meet my monthly bills, to run my business I need to be doing work for other people and I think it's just really important that you're aware of that not saying that you can't generate an income purely through your own work but just to be honest about it.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's an important conversation, George, and thank you for going there. And that's the other thing when you said producing the income to run a business because that's what I – I mean, I was very aware of it because I've worked in businesses before. I started my own show. But the money that it takes – to fund a business that mm. even small businesses like ours it's like oh everything goes back in it's not like I'm sitting here on wads of fucking cash it's no. like oh gosh I need to pay my assistant I need to you know do all of these things that cost money to keep it up and going let alone actually paying ourselves wages
0: <laughs> oh my god just the monthly subscriptions for the running the digital side of the business is next level all of the accounts that you have to pay i i actually can't believe it every month when i look at it I'm like,
1: i know How is this happening? I had a conversation with my accountant yesterday and I I have reached a a benchmark financially in the business. He goes, it's great for the business, not great for tax. And I'm like, this is the stuff that you don't read about.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course your tax goes up. It's yeah. Yeah. It's hard, but it's all it's, but that's also something to be celebrated because it's going up because you're earning more money. Yeah,
1: I know. And that's the way to look at things. And I I feel like money chat is definitely another episode that we can dive into. But I guess the conversation that I mean, to sum up what we're sharing right now, it's you to live in your most true aligned state. Yes, the work you do in the world matters but it's not the only thing that matters. And, yes, that may be where you spend the majority of your time, but if it's really impacting you to a point where your soul is feeling like I can't do this, you do have the ability to change. And that might be going and working in retail for a bit, taking the pressure off yourself. That might be going back to study or, you know, there are always, always options. I feel like just a lot of the time we can feel trapped by the stories that we're telling ourselves.
0: Absolutely. I always say to um, people who come to Lunar Nights, if you want to leave your job and you need the help and encouragement to do so, come and see me. Staying in a toxic job is one of the worst things you can do for your mental health. And I yeah. will absolutely help you get out of there because I. the last corporate job I had was very, 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 very toxic. And if I didn't extricate myself when I did, there's. I have no doubt in my mind that I would have ended up in an asylum because it yep. was just... Ridiculous, and but I know that so many people, like I said before, feel so bound by it. And and Holly and I are here to tell you that you are absolutely not. And if that means going and working in hospitality as a barista for a little while, not that that's not a job, I'd do that for the rest of my life. I love making coffee. Fuck yeah, but. If that's what you need to do, walk out of corporate and go and pick up something else until you figure it out, that is also so fine. And when we change our energy around it, I talk about this a lot in manifestation, when we can change our energy around how we're feeling day in and day out just by extricating ourselves from that toxic environment, you will see the doors start to open.
1: Exactly. They'll land in your lap. It's it's interesting. Just one final thing. I know our listeners love hearing about Trent because I get it all the time. I get all the messages. Oh, Trent is like my husband. Trent's like my boyfriend. Blah, blah, blah. Trent, Trent, Trent. Um, He's amazing. Today's his last day at a job that he's been in for 11 years.
0: Yeah, wow. It's
1: his last day at his job of 11 years. And the reason that he's leaving it is obviously we'll be heading up to Byron at the end of the year. (laughs) We're going to be neighbours. And – I've said to him and it's finally landed for him that if we go up to Byron and all he wants to do, not all he wants to do, I don't even know why I'm fucking saying that, but if what he wants is to work at the distillery like at Brookie's or to work behind a bar at one of the whiskey bars in town, fucking do it like do it because he's going to be a happier person he's going to feel more fulfilled he's going to get up in the morning and just be excited about the day and that's the husband I want Absolutely. I don't want to I don't want someone that's not feeling inspired by their life because obviously it obviously ends up rubbing off in a relationship either way so I just want to say like Trenny I'm really proud of you for listening and for following because that it can be scary change for a lot of people
0: yeah before we finish this conversation can I just ask you um what did you wanna? What did you wanna be when you were in school? Like, what did you think you would be?
1: I have notes from when I was sixteen, and we had a motivational speaker come to school, and he—it's the first time I ever did a vision board, and he said, "Dream big. What do you want?" And I wrote, and I've got this: I want to be Australia's Oprah.
0: Oh, that's so funny. You are Australian yeah. so <laughs> far.
1: Well, I'm getting there and that I still want to be that. The other thing was a host on Getaway and I feel like I'm kind of bad as well. <laughs>
0: Especially with that hat on that you're wearing today. <laughs> oh, thanks, babe. Well, How I, are you? I, um, I always wanted to be a radio host, which is hilarious off. because that's kind of what I'm doing now. Um, and I also, in my year 12 video of like, what do you want to be when you leave school? I said I wanted to be a weather girl and I oh don't gosh. feel like I'm that far off that either I mean I don't talk about the weather but I do love to present so yeah we kind of had we kind of had similar trajectories in a way I guess and we're sort of living them out
1: we actually are and babe the universe is like the weather on crack like you <laughs> are the weather girl yeah. you're the universe
0: girl <laughs> that's true the moon girl so yeah it's so funny anyway so funny. some food well, for thought Food for
1: thought. I love that chat. So I actually really can't wait to listen back to this chat. I feel like we <laughs> solved all of the world's problems just then. Um, we really get in the zone, don't we? George, yeah. talk to me. What are your recos for me this week?
0: Oh, my God. Okay, so I haven't been reading this week because I just haven't had the brain capacity to read. Um, yeah, totally. And But I have been watching some Netflix. And... I don't know about you guys, but I do love to binge watch Netflix. There's a new show on called Dead to Me. Now, don't let the Mm -hmm. name put you off. Um, I don't want to tell you too much about it because there's seriously a twist in every single episode. And it's so addictive to watch. The genre you would put it under is like dark comedy. Okay. Um, Netflix are calling it a traumedy. I think that's trauma meets <laughs> comedy, but don't let that put you off either. Oh, my God. I'll read you the Netflix synopsis. Okay. um It says A hot headed widow, who's Christina Applegate, searching Ooh. for the hit and run driver who mowed down her husband, befriends an eccentric optimist who isn't quite what she seems. So that sounds like really dark and tragic, but it's not. It's very funny. Um, it's got a crime element to it, but it's done in a. I'm trying to find a show that it's like. It's kind of like Desperate Housewives, Ooh. but less over the top, like a little bit more understated. Um, if you liked Ozark, did you ever watch Ozark on Netflix with Jason Neg. Bateman? No. Okay, so no. it's kind of like that, but a little bit more comic. I think you guys should watch it. I wouldn't recommend a Netflix show unless I thought it was brilliant, and I yes. think it's brilliant. So it's got Christina Applegate in it. I'm not sure who the other woman is, but you definitely know her. She's fantastic. And then the the um, the other lead is James Martin. You know James Martin?
1: No, you'd know
0: you'd know. Holly, you're not great with, I'm this game. So
1: sh- with pop culture. You are.
0: Um, You'd know him if you saw him. It's yeah. anyway. It's great. So I think you guys should watch that. Um, My second reco, um, because all I've been able to do this week while I've been driving from Byron to Sydney and then back again, is listen to podcasts, is another podcast episode. I know that's all I've been recommending lately, but this one was really interesting. Now... Again, hard to explain. So, if my explanation doesn't make you want to go and listen to it, know that I've never bum steered you before with a recommendation.
1: So <laughs> Especially a bloody snack, Reco, last week, which yeah, just went off. Oh,
0: we'll talk about that in a minute, actually, because that was yes. so funny. Um, so, this podcast episode is on No Filter, which is Mia Freeman's uh, podcast series. Mm-hmm. And she interviews David Gillespie. And the, the episode is called How to Spot a Digital Addiction in Your Family, which sounds really scary and you're like, I don't want to know how addicted to my phone I am. Mm. But what I found so interesting about it is – oh, wait. So a bit of a background. David Gillespie is a researcher, right? So he mm-hmm. wrote Sweet Poison, which was he, – he got on the anti-sugar bandwagon long before Miss Wilson did. Right. Um, and she got all of her stuff from him so that was that and then he also his next book there might have been one in between but he did another book on psychopaths and sociopaths and how to spot them and how a lot of the time there's a very fine line between a narcissist and a psychopath so that yeah he that was a great book and Mia Freeman also did an interview with him now his latest book is about digital addiction our addiction to our phones but um more importantly, children and teenagers addictions. And wow. what I found so crazy was he said the rate of teen pregnancy, smoking, drinking and drugs has dramatically declined. But these things oh! Yeah. But these things have been replaced with phones, screens, social media, and video games. Which sounds less threatening than Teen pregnancy, smoking, drinking and drugs. Definitely. Mm. But what Mm. he talks about in this episode is the actual, like how we get addicted on a physiological level. So the reward system in our brain and what that means, why men and women get addicted differently. And that is Mm -hmm. so interesting. He refers to it as... um, Women get addicted to reward porn, so not sex pornography, but reward porn, and men get addicted to danger porn. So women are through social media and apps they're farming likes, they just want mm-hmm. validation for who they are. When totally. men get involved in like gaming social media they kind of just like watch social media they don't really interact in it but
1: the danger
0: and the testosterone adrenaline levels that go up with gaming and that sort of stuff is where the danger lies for them
1: that is so interesting you actually have sold me on this podcast like that it's it's and also it
0: can seem very dry but david he's really good at um, explaining stuff for lay people like us. You know what I mean? Love it. And Mia, Love it. Mia is a great interviewer where she always brings it back on a really relatable level. So I highly recommend you listen to it. What I found most fascinating, though, was when he was talking about the physiological level, he's saying that we have not changed as humans since, you know, like um, we were hunting and gathering back in the Dark mm. Ages. We've pretty much got the same physiological Makeup, but now what we need to deal with is all of this screen time that was not factored in to how we grow as humans. And totally, yeah. And he was just talking about the addictive nature of it and how it's no different to an addiction to drugs or an addiction to alcohol or an addiction to sex or an addiction yes. to food. But where it differs is that. On some level, the reward system that gets triggered when we have sex is there for a reason because we need to have sex to procreate, yes. and it's the same thing with food, right? That reward system is yes. there. That serotonin gets released when we eat because we need eat we need, we need food to survive, and we need it for yeah. energy. But the same reward system gets triggered when we pick up our phone and see that we've got you know a hundred likes on an Instagram photo. But that's not serving any purpose. Nah, so it's yeah, so it's
1: interesting.
0: fascinating, and I highly recommend listening to that.
1: Sounds bloody great. Thanks, Yeah, George. you're
0: welcome. What about you, Hun? What are your recommendations this week?
1: I I feel like what I lack like in podcasts, I make up for in documentaries.
0: You do. It's true. It's true.
1: <laughs> so I went to a um, an early screening of a documentary that's about to come out in a couple of weeks. It's called Twenty Forty, oh, as in. Yes. 2040 and yep. it's by Damon, I don't know how to say Gamow. his last name, Gamow. 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 Damon G- Gamo. that's a tongue twister, mm. Damon Gomo, Damon Gamo, Damon Gamow. okay got it. Um, <laughs> he is the, or was the director and star of that Sugar film.
0: Yeah, oh it's all and about so Sugar
1: today. It is, it actually is, it's <laughs> wild um, and so this is his documentary on all things climate change and the way that it's been produced is it's an open letter to his daughter who is, and his daughter's name is Velvet. Can I just say that that is so delicious? It's the best, I just love it? it? It
0: just rolls off Velvet. the tongue too. Velvet. Velvet. And
1: he's like, Velvet, when you are 20, I hope blah, blah, blah. But anyway, it's It's this open letter to his daughter who's quite young now and what where she'll be in 2040. And the premise of the documentary is if we as a collective were to use every tool we currently have at our disposal to the betterment of our environment, what would change and how would things look in the context of climate change. So it actually has this beautiful undertone of hope because it goes through topics like marine regeneration, renewable energy, circular economy, Regenerable agriculture and female empowerment, and I'll talk about that in a moment because that just blew my mind. Mm. But basically, if we use all the technology and awareness that we and and research that we have at our disposal right now, we can create significantly positive change to our environment in the context of climate change. But the the premise of this documentary is. We have got to act as individuals. What can we do to stand up, create these conversations, create change? And this is something that I'm obviously incredibly passionate about. The environment is my jam. Um, I started doing beach cleans at the beginning of this year because I realized that one person can make a difference. And off the back of this documentary, they actually have a site which you can go on already and it's called What's Your 2040. What'syour2040.com. And they take you through a questionnaire where you are emailed ways that you are able to contribute based on where you live, how many hours you're able to give a year, um, how much money you're able to give or maybe not give, and ways that you can create powerful change in your own life, in your own community when it comes to climate change. So it's not just the documentary, it's this entire movement they created. So it's it's really got heart. But one of the most, I mean, they, they looked at everything. They looked at um, agri-farming where it's healthy soil versus not so healthy soil and uh, cars that drive themselves, which is a real Thing uh, They they have prototypes. He was sitting in one of them and I was like dying going, oh, my God, like talk about releasing control. But mm. obviously because traffic and parking are such detrimental effects to the environment. But this female empowerment piece, George, really got to me because basically what they were saying is the more empowered women are in the world, and we're talking all over the world, obviously – We are in very privileged positions, but we're talking in obviously third world countries and these sorts of things. The more empowered women are, the less inclined they are to fall pregnant before they actually want to. And it's going to have a positive effect on population growth. But not only that, if we're able to empower women to choose when they want to be mothers, then the children that they are raising are also going to have more of a positive experience in growing up and it's this ripple effect in our community. It blew my fucking mind because I would never have put female empowerment and climate change hand in hand, but the documentary illustrates how it's one of the key five areas we really need to focus on if we want to create powerful change.
0: Wow,
1: yeah, I'd actually thought
0: about that before. Yep.
1: So the more educated the children will be if they're choosing to have children later, rather than being forced into these early pregnancies, and just really recognizing that. And this is a whole other discussion in itself, George. Which maybe we can touch on another day. But our privileged positions that we have in being teachers and leaders and having a podcast and having a platform having a voice but even people listening to this right now you're driving your car you're listening on your phone you're you we are fucking privileged and what can we do in the privileged position that we are in to contribute and give back it doesn't mean you have to organize a beach clean every month it doesn't mean you need to contribute money it's like what can you do as one small person to actually create a ripple of change and that's The message that I took away from the documentary because we can all do it
0: beautiful I'm gonna go and see that this week I think I love it girl yeah and that that sugar film was and someone who worked in the anti-sugar circles for a very long time it was done so well he's a great Mm. documentarian so yeah I'm really looking forward to seeing this enjoy it it. now
1: I am keeping it fun, fresh, and flirty today Ooh. for our next...
0: I'm glad someone uh, is.
1: <laughs> something that I say with my best friend. She's like, how are you feeling? I'm like, fun, fresh, and flirty. <laughs> um, so... Today, I'm going to recommend a natural beauty product because, I mean, off the back of what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, I used to work for Depths of Beauty run by our beautiful friend M. Banks, uh, which is the leading platform for making the switch to natural beauty products. And it actually ties in really nicely as well around environmentalism and contributing to climate change and all of these things. But as I put my lipstick on this morning, I remember, George, you actually asked me this week, hold What are some brands that I need to use for my lipstick, right? So that's what I thought I would share with you guys today are a couple of my most favorite natural lipstick brands and shades because mm. it's it's important, right? And sometimes we just don't know where to look or what we're looking for. So the first thing I'll say is when it comes to a natural lipstick, the ingredients that you're looking for them to not have, right? We don't want them to have anything petroleum based so petroleum wax is often in mainstream lip products we don't want parabens we don't want silicon we don't want any synthetics and the reason we don't want this i mean there's uh, so many but as women we eat our lipstick we swallow our lipstick or lip gloss yes. or whatever you're wearing on our lips in an average lifetime up to four kilos worth four kilos worth that is of what so we're putting on the
0: disgusting.
1: And we're so conscious of what we're eating and how we're moving, but are we conscious of what we're using on our skin? It absorbs straight into the bloodstream, straight into our mouths, what we are putting on it. So that's, I mean, one of many reasons why I am all about going the natural. And... There are a couple of my favorite lipsticks. So the one that I have on right now is by Bite. And Bite is great because you can find them in Sephora. They're mainstream, right? And this color is candied. So I'm talking really beautiful reds. (laughs) I should have made that clear because I do believe that every woman needs a red lippy. It just lifts you. It makes you feel delicious and beautiful. And especially in Australia, we're coming into the cooler months. Although, I mean, summer is also fun for a red. So the first one is Bite in candied but the next one is probably my most favorite red natural lipstick and the brand is Karen Murrell and she's from New Zealand and all of her lipstick she's a leader in the space of natural beauty when it comes to lippies and the shade I always get asked about it when I wear it and it's Rimba Rhythm so Karen Murrell Rimba Rhythm and is and
0: is it more of like a blue red or an orange red
1: it's more of an orange red okay so the bite wow. lippy I'm wearing right now is more of a blue red. Yeah, it's beautiful. And it, it go well. It's matte as well, so it looks glossy, right? Yeah, it's matte. It's not coming off. Well, kind is it, of is.
0: Is it those long crayons?
1: It's um. They do the crayons, but this one is their gloss that turns into a lipstick.
0: Oh, amazing! You do,
1: apply it with a brush like a gloss, and it becomes lipstick. Beautiful. Karen Murrell is a normal your yeah, everyday yeah, lipstick. lipstick. And then the third one is Nude by Nature, who have just released, I think it was last year, they released their totally natural um, lipstick range and they've got beautiful pencils as well because it is hard to come by natural lipstick pencils so nude by nature is the other one but I guess I mean this is a bit of a fun reco but at the same time it's got that undertone of importance (laughs) because what we are using in terms of especially as women on our skin and as makeup it really matters not just for your own health and well-being but for that of the environment too because these brands like they take their packaging into consideration and their production it's not just the product; it's everything in the lead up to you getting your hands on that product. So uh,
0: yeah. that is my reco. I think that's so good. I got two things to say about that. The first thing is, after your reco the other day, a personal reco on the telephone, not in public. Um, I bought the Bite Beauty crayon, and it. I got the shade. Um, it's a it's a beautiful pink shade. Although lipsticks change depending on the colour of your lip, which was a painstaking realisation as I stood in Sephora for an hour trying to find (laughs) lipsticks that actually suited me. Um, But it's called Sucre, S-U-C-R-E, accented Mm -hmm. E, Mm -hmm. and it's this beautiful deep, pink i don't know if you noticed holly but i was wearing, wearing it on wednesday it, night
1: it was the first thing i said to you on wednesday night i was like your lip color it was beautiful yeah. and such a nice color for winter it
0: was so nice um but the last thing i wanted to say was the beautiful m banks switched switched me to natural makeup probably i want to say four years ago three three or four yeah. years ago and i noticed i i've never worn a lot of makeup i'm lucky to have quite clear skin and so i um never been a heavy foundation wearer but I noticed such a difference in my energy levels and my brain my brain fog now I don't think that that's a coincidence
1: no it isn't George and whenever
0: I've had to get makeup done for either an event or if I've been on TV which doesn't happen all the time but it happens every now and then and it's not natural makeup I actually feel sick Mm. that night Yep. Yeah,
1: yep. Yeah, they're carcinogenic. The products are carcinogenic and it causes an inflammatory response in our body. And this is why, I mean, the work that Depths of Beauty does in the world is so important because it's just, you can't unknow what you know. Not. And once you make the switch, <laughs> no. you don't go back, you know, no. but you don't go back because, you know, I'm the same. It's been four years and the, like my skincare, everything is natural because, You know, it's the way that we honour our body. And I guess it's again, it's like the alcohol chat, right? There will be times where there's a product and I'm like you go on T V or you do whatever you do and you have to use mainstream, but you can tell the difference. Mm -hmm. And so for the most part you're making the conscious choice, your body, your mind and your soul will thank you for it.
0: Um, as always, we're about halfway through Holly and I need a bathroom break. You need to wee. <laughs> okay.
1: Get it, girl. Maybe so, I should my own solo segment every yeah. time you wee. <laughs>
0: you okay, say cool. what you like.
1: Okay. So the solo segment for today is actually, guys, I do want to say Jordana's book. If you are yet to get your hands on it, please go out and get it. I get asked all the time. Holes, what are the books on manifestation? Like I feel so weird because I'm talking to Jordana's couch and her pillows, but anyway, always ask what are the books on manifestation, how do I learn more about manifestation and it, it, you've got this book right here at your disposal. It's in bookstores. It's fucking so good and in, in a way that only Jordana can do, you know, when it comes to um, making concepts that can appear quite complex really simple and easy to understand and actionable steps at the end of each chapter for you to implement into your life so guys that's another secret reco for you this week and she's back i
0: can you got see a- you talking <laughs> i can see you saying things what was i talking
1: about you'll never know no you'll know when you listen back <laughs>
0: So if Holly gets to record a solo session, then I think it's only fair that I get to record a solo session. I've been editing this episode and there's a few errors that have come up along the way. And the Virgo moon that I am just cannot let them slide without me telling you what they are and that I am fully aware of them. As we start the next segment, Teach Me Something New, um, I refer to myself as a practitioner of yin yoga. Now this is true, I do teach yin yoga, but when I refer to practitioner throughout this segment, what I mean is student. And I don't know why I said practitioner. Holly didn't pick up on it either, but I cannot let it go. So Know that when I say practitioner, I mean student. And while I'm in your ears interrupting this episode, I'm also well aware that his name is James Marsden. He's one of my favourite people on TV at the moment. I'm not sure why I kept calling him James Marsden. A little snapshot into how my brain is working this week. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me. Now back to this week's episode. So George, you
1: are (laughs) teaching us something and this was a request from me. Yeah,
0: I love that. I love that. Yeah.
1: So talk to us about your Teach Something New this week.
0: So I'm going to teach you. It's come up a few weeks in um, energy readings and just things we've been talking about and Holly's, like, newfound addiction. But I'm going to teach you a little bit about yin yoga. Yeah, One of my many talents is teaching yoga, and uh, I am obsessed with yin. Um, Teaching it because I love watching people finally slowing down and Mm -hmm. being able to drop um but I also am obsessed with it from a practitioner point of view so I just think there's there's so much to it um and if you've never done yoga before it's a really beautiful introduction um but it's not the classic yoga that you see um going to say on the television do people watch yoga on television (laughs) not really (laughs) definitely not maybe on instagram i don't know when you watch on instagram
1: it is on instagram it's like headstands and fucking legs in the air that's not yin
0: no so yin yoga um was developed by a guy called paul greeley and um really yeah yes Really? G-R-I-L-E-L. Oh, God. G-R-I-L-L-E-Y. Beautiful. (laughs) So we're we're yang yoga. So yang yoga is like vinyasa yoga and ashtanga yoga. That physically targets the superficial muscles in our body. Yin Mm -hmm. yoga um, targets like the deep connective tissues of the body. So your ligaments, your joints, bones, and most importantly, fascia so I'll explain what fascia is in a, mi- in a minute Please. Um, but within yin yoga there's about 20 main poses and you can hold those poses for up to anywhere between three and seven minutes is quite standard but mm-hmm. I went to a yin yoga class in Bali it was an hour and a half class we did three poses the whole class we Stop. held each pose for 30 minutes shut I actually started crying several times. It was so full on. Oh, my
1: God, George. But that was the point, right? That
0: was the point. And we'll get to the psychological aspects Mm. of yoga in a minute. Um, You're on the floor the whole time. The whole time you're lying down, it's bliss. Mm -hmm. Like, I freaking love it. Oh, it's Um, the best thing in the world. It's the best thing in the world. Most of the poses will target the lower body. So, like, the hips, Mm -hmm. the pelvis, inner thighs, lower spine – Um, because these areas are especially rich in those connective tissues that we were talking Mm -hmm. about before. On an energetic level, what yin yoga is doing is improving the flow of energy, the flow Mm. of chi, of prana through the body and specifically through the organs. Right. Okay, so a lot of the times you'll hear a yin yoga teacher say, we're working on the kidney meridian today or we're working on the lung meridian. We're working on the liver, the stomach. And that's because those specific poses aren't necessarily twisting that organ, but the meridian that governs that organ are getting stimulated throughout the class. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yes. So there's a lot of mental, emotional, physiological, and psychological benefits to doing yin yoga. So some of the benefits are, you know, it calms your mind and your body. Like that's pretty mm. standard, right? Mm-hmm, Reduces mm-hmm. stress and anxiety. And we'll talk about a little bit more about why that is. Yes. Um, But it also improves your flexibility. So a lot of people who are inflexible and go to yin, they're like, oh, my God, I hate this. But doing a yin yoga class is really going to be the thing that will improve and lengthen those hamstrings more than doing quite an active
1: yoga Yoga class. Because you're not
0: not holding it for long enough for the muscle to actually stretch.
1: Mm -hmm. You know what I mean?
0: Um, So it releases the fascia, which we'll talk about in a minute, and improves joint mobility. I have um, really high levels of rheumatoid for somebody so young. right? Yeah, and so um, in the cold, my joints get really stiff um, and very painful. So yin yoga helps me a lot with that, my knees and my wrists and stuff. Um, And then, like I said before, it also balances the internal organs. So – it's really good for liver stimulation and kidney stimulation. And, you know, we derive our energy from our liver and our kidneys. So,
1: yeah. And it's is really it also like her. a detoxifying effect on the body because of that?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. So, fascia, they'll talk about fascia a lot in yin. And if they don't, they should because it's probably the best way to access your fascia. So, your fascia mm. is a fibrous tissue that connects every cell of your body. It, wow. Um, Oh! Can you hear that? No. No, What was it? Oh, <laughs> sorry, guys.
1: My, my, I love that noise, though. Did you hear the noise? No, I lo- I loved your noise. I oh. didn't hear. It. <laughs> oh,
0: my phone! My phone rings through my computer, but it oh. was making a very loud ringing noise. But oh, no, I didn't hear wait, it. You guys all didn't good. hear it. Also, oh, no. We got you going.
1: Ooh, it's fine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was like, wow. She really loves fashio. <laughs>
0: No. So fascia surrounds and infuses every muscle, muscle fiber, bone, blood vessel, nerve, and organ in the body. It's kind of like a web. Now, this, <laughs> this analogy is a little bit gross, but it's the best way to understand it. When you mm. look at chicken, like a chicken um, breast or mm. meat, you can see those white transparent like webs interweaved yes. through the meat, through the tissue. That's, that's fascia. Okay. So that's happening all throughout our body. And when we are stiff and inflexible, our fascia becomes dehydrated and weak and stuck, and energy gets stored in it. So if you think about, you know, like energy moving through your body, and and I'm talking about from a vibrational standpoint, Mm. you want those pathways, that fascia, that connective tissue to be really well hydrated and plump there's like collagen in there right yeah and when we're stiff and inflexible and not stretching out that fascia it becomes really dehydrated and those pathways become weak right yeah so i would go so far as to say and there's research behind this that our energy and our emotions when we're not stretching out that fascia can get stuck in certain areas of our body and that's why we have physical manifestations of illness
1: okay and that's not very fashionable
0: (laughs) I've been waiting so long for that have you yeah because I'm really trying to be serious and you're just like punning it up
1: no, I'm, just, I'm just like, just... No. I was, I honestly, I really was absorbing it, but I had to throw it in because I'm not I know. focused anymore. No,
0: I get it, um, I get it. Um, so, so wait, just before you ask me a question, I just have to tell you yes. one thing. So Tom Myers, he is a a fascia guru. So like a fashion guru, but a fascist. He's a fascist. Guru. Yeah. No, Ollie. No, Ollie. <laughs> He's not a fascist, Tom Myers. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know her. <laughs> It fell out. <laughs> um, oh, holy! <laughs> <laughs> no, you're going to find this really interesting. So just zip okay. it and pull yeah, yourself okay. together. Okay. 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 <laughs> so fascia is deeply connected to our neurological system. Yeah. So our brain fascia has been with us since we were a tiny little embryo in our mama's womb yeah mm-hmm. so that yeah. fascia actually guided our form how we were being shaped in our mother's womb Whoa. That web. yeah this is what tom myers the fascist says about <laughs> this i just want to read this quote because he sums it up really beautifully in the development of the embryo it's actually the connective tissue cells that are organizing the brain The brain cells of the neocortex are originally born in the ventricles in the middle of the brain, and they have to migrate out to the surface of the brain. That's not very far in a little tiny embryo, but it's incredibly long as far as the cell is concerned. So how do the cells which get born in the middle of the brain know where to go on the surface of the brain? The answer is that they put their little arms around a connective tissue fiber and ride that connective tissue fiber out to the surface of the brain and are deposited in just the right spot. So Mm. if you think about the fascia that's guiding our entire body, it's all started right from the centre of our brain in our neurological system. So that's pretty incredible, right? And that's oh, yeah. firing throughout the entire body. So for me, as a teacher of yin and also as a practitioner of yin, I go purely for the emotional and psychological benefits. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes, that's the same as me, George. That's that's the reason I go. Like, And the first few classes, I hated it mm. so much. Much because of everything it brought up. I would be really angry sometimes and I I didn't understand it. But is this why?
0: Yes, because what's happening when we're holding those poses is where, well, there's a few things happening. We're finding space um, and a lot of us don't take the time to create any space in our lives. We're Mm. finding stillness. And for most people, that will be the first bit of stillness they allow themselves to feel throughout their entire day. Yep. Um, It switches us into a parasympathetic state. So most of us are getting through life in fight uh, fight or flight mode the whole time. Do you often, like, switch flight and fight? Which one comes first? Oh, yeah. Because every time I do it, I just stumble on it. It's fight or flight. Um, So it switches you into that parasympathetic state. So you finally have a chance for your cortisol levels to drop and just Mm -hmm. be calm. And because Mm. we spend so much of our lives in that yang state, doing, constantly fixing, you know, do, 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 do throughout the entire day, it gives us an hour of our lives where we can receive, we can Mm. let go, we can surrender and drop into yin. And I've spoken about it on here before, but all universal cycles have a yin and a yang state, a masculine and a feminine. And we need to be able to embody that to have this um, sense of wholeness and completeness. And that's what a Mm. yin yoga class allows us to do. Because unfortunately, we don't just integrate that into Our
1: everyday life. Our everyday. No, and it becomes progressively harder this day and age. And actually, George, this is something that I get my clients to do who go through my program. Um, We do a whole week on mask and femme and surrender. And I get asked a lot, how do I embody my feminine more? How do I tap into feminine energy more? And one of the first things I say is take a yin yoga class. And everyone in my program has to take a yin class to actually feel into that and the first few times there is that resistance because it's not what we're used to but where I'm at now is so addicted like I've done three classes this week I went midday yesterday because I'm like I just am getting a yin in my life and I get all these downloads like I walk out feeling clearer I've got ideas I feel inspired I feel so grounded it's like my favorite thing
0: I try and get people to um incorporate their manifestation practice into yin because when we are in those poses and we finally have time to find stillness and really connect and drop into and feel the vibrations behind our intentions it gives us um space to really be able to embody it and mm-hmm. although you need to be switching your mind off most definitely just to be able to hold the vibration in your body while you drop and surrender can be so profound to manifestation but you know it's funny like as a teacher I'm very hands-on so I like to touch the bodies in the class mm. and you can really feel when somebody has And I'll always spend more time with them. But this inability to just let go where their entire body is tense and they're wriggling and they're moving and they're fidgeting and they keep lifting their head up and when am I coming out of this pose and they can't just drop and surrender. And to those people, I say keep coming to Yin. Yes. Because it can take a few classes, it can take months of classes, it might take a couple of years, but you will get there
1: and you will
0: yeah and i also just want to say on the back of the discussion we were having around work earlier i think i mentioned it in another episode that we did but when i was in that last horrible corporate job yin saved me from checking myself into that asylum and finally getting myself out of that job because it allowed me time and space to switch out of fight and flight, to drop and to realize that when I was in that environment, I was so far away from my own authenticity and, yeah. my, and being in true alignment. And when I was in that yeah. class, it was when I finally felt like me.
1: Yeah, I love that, George. And I feel like it just dropped in that to say to any listeners who, you know, have the story because it's always story of, oh, meditation's not for me. I can't meditate. Take yourself to a yin class because it's just as good, just as powerful, just as many beautiful shifts and your body's getting that love as well. So, yeah, girl, I'm back on the yin train.
0: Beautiful. Love it. Mm. Also, can I just can I just say one more thing?
1: Yes, um, of course you can. It's
0: your show. <laughs> it's our show, Holly. <laughs> it's our show. What's mine is yours. Um, <laughs> but not everything. Some things so are mine. No, um, yeah, I, right. I, oh, I just want to say, if you are struggling in a yin class, and I take all my students through this, but it's really helpful and people come up to me after and are like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Our brain gets very distracted very easily, especially – if we are more of an A-type personality or we're just always switched on and we find it hard to switch off. And that's probably the thing you'll find the hardest in yin is to switch your brain off. Mm. When you're holding those poses and all you want to do is come out, remember that those thoughts are just energy. Any discomfort in your body is just energy. And you can move them around. Keeping them stuck and stagnant is what's so uncomfortable. Mm. And the other thing that is just energy is your breath. So using your breath to breathe into the discomfort and using your breath to pull yourself out of your thoughts.
1: Yes. So really concentrating on your
0: inhale, really concentrating on your exhale. And if you need something extra to add to that, adding a mantra to it. So I always say to people, really easy, saying let on the inhale and go on the exhale. So inhale, Mm. let. Exhale, go. And you will get through those five to seven minutes super speedily.
1: Love it. Thanks, George. You're and welcome. a great studio on the Northern Beaches, at least, is mm. Key. Um, that's where I go and do my classes. And they're beautiful teachers in Manly. Yeah.
0: K-E-Y or Q-U-A-Y? Uh, just Q-I. Oh. <laughs> that would make a lot George, more sense. It really <laughs> that would make cool. a lot more sense. That's a stupid <laughs> thing to say. Um, Holly, I just meant to tell you before, but I have to tell you again. Well, I don't have to tell you because you know you were there, but I have to tell the listeners. We had such a good response to the snack suggestion that we did in last week's Reco. And one of my good friends turned up to the book launch on Wednesday night with a snack pack of Saris Organics, brown rice, salt and vinegar crackers. And it was probably the best gift I've ever been gifted in my entire life.
1: You guys, she's not kidding. Like, we've got this <laughs> pumping room. It's all beautifully lit. It's Jordana's book. Like, make it happen on the walls, her beautiful grazing table. And here's Jords in a beautiful dress walking around with this snack pack of <laughs> Sarah Sodom And it's, like things going, Holly, Holly, look. Look at this gift I've been given. I'm like, oh, my
0: gosh. This oh, is my God. It thing. was the so, best. I had, I I'd it. been gifted moey. I'd been gifted flowers. I'd been gifted plants. And then I got these rice crackers. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm in heaven. I had to show the world. I love it so so much. So, so good. I have one. I know I just said one more thing, but one more thing. I need to make a a public declaration to hold myself accountable. um, And then in two weeks time, I'm going to come back and use it as my trying something new. Oh, my God. Tell me. Anyone who knows me well will know that I don't just love coffee. I have an addiction to it. Like I am obsessed with it. It is what I wake up for in the mornings. I need to go off it for a while.
1: Oh my God, George, I have goosebumps.
0: Yeah, I'm completely wiped out. My adrenals are just like shot and I know that coffee's not helping. Nope. So I feel like if I make a public declaration, um, there'll be a lot of people watching me and uh, it means that I can't have any. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go off it for two weeks and see how I feel. And then I'm going to come and report back in two weeks time and then I'll decide if I... Introduce it back in, or just say bye bye
1: coffee. Oh, this is so interesting, George, because you are sitting opposite the anti coffee girl. I know. I haven't I know. had coffee in about seven years.
0: I think you'll be a good cheerleader for me. But oh, I, girl,
1: I, I'm so proud of you already for making this decision. Fuck yes.
0: I, I I love it. Like I love it. I would, I would start a coffee company. I love it so much. Mm. I love the smell of it. I love the taste of it. I love making mm. it. So this is big, but I also intuitively know it has to happen. Um, I'm
1: proud of you. It's hard. It's fucking hard. But if any of
0: you have any tips or words of encouragement, please um, pop them in the Facebook group. I would love that.
1: Yeah, girl. Mm. Yeah, girl and I'll give you all my tips off off the line and then we can talk about it in 2 weeks. I'm so excited about this conversation. Oh my gosh, I have so many things to say about coffee. It's such a pol- <laughs> it's such a polarizing discussion. Like people will like don't like me. I've had so many clients sit opposite me like rolling their eyes at me when I say, "Maybe you want to give up the coffee?" They're like, oh, totally. "You are a devil woman."
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. The the um Guy I'm hanging out with, he also doesn't drink coffee and he said that he actually feels really segregated every time he goes out for breakfast with friends, like
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real thing like where my non-coffee drinkers at, you feel quite judged.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: judging the coffee drinkers it's just that there is another way and it's called your innate energy and ability to function without it <laughs>
0: Totally, no absolutely and you know for so long I had a good relationship with it where I it didn't affect me it didn't affect my sleep it didn't affect totally. my energy levels but when you feel that it is that's the time that it becomes more that's of a when drug. you make the change yeah, yeah yeah so I will report back
1: cannot bloody wait well guys You've just listened to another episode of The Middle and we'll be in your ear holes next Wednesday or this Wednesday because it's Friday but it's actually Monday and it's all very confusing. (laughs) But what I'm trying to say is keep an ear out for us on Wednesday for our Energy Read.